Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now... He gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in Sparky's Midday Madness. Taking me up to the Rami show. Rami Makloff comes up at 3 o'clock. Takes you up till 6 o'clock. CBS Sports Radio and the Zach Gelb Show. Brewers off today. So Tim Allen with the day off as well. Thanks to Robbie Maclaw for filling in for me the last couple of days on Sparky's Midday Madness. Uh, appreciate it. Coming up on today's show, one half hour, we'll talk with Keith Tozer, uh, the former Milwaukee Wave head coach who now runs the Futsal League and now as well uh, will be the commissioner of the Indoor Soccer League that the Milwaukee Wave in too. So that is huge news, obviously, for Keith Tozer, but also obviously uh, want to talk about the U.S.-Mexico soccer match from last night because I watched that thing from start to finish, and it went on forever and ever and ever and ever. But it has to be one of the more entertaining uh, sports things I've seen on TV in quite some time. It was so, so good uh, last night, and I knew you know, I wasn't going to necessarily talk about it on the big show, uh, so since they gave me this honor to do what you want, that's what we're going to do. We're going to do what I want. So, We'll talk some uh, soccer about uh, U.S. and Mexico from last night coming up at about 2.30 with Keith Tozer. Now, meantime, got to talk Bucks. Uh, obviously, me being a, a big Bucks guy, uh, I, I want to just just go straight into Chris Middleton. Uh, that, that's who we're going to talk about. It's Chris Middleton. So it means I know I'm probably going to hear from Ram, which it is fine. So Middleton was awful Saturday night, right? I mean, I... Fair to say, awful. 6 of 23, 36 minutes played, 0 of 5 from 3, 1 of 2 from the free throw line, 13 points, 13 boards, 4 assists, couple of turnovers uh, for Chris Middleton in that game. And as we said on the big show, I, I don't think you can win this series if Chris Middleton plays that bad. If he shoots, I should be specific, if he shoots that bad, uh, a couple more times in this series, you're definitely not going to win the series. You just, he can't be that bad. You know, nobody really is talking about Drew Holiday, but Drew Holiday didn't play all that well offensively either. Drew Holiday was 7 of 19, 2 of 7 from 3, 1 of 3 from the line. He, he wasn't all that in a bag of chips. So he really didn't hold up his end of the bargain either, in my opinion, as far as being the third member of that big three. 
But Chris Middleton is the lightning rod. Chris Middleton is the one that we all want to talk about. It's kind of like the one, like Boonholzer. Everybody wants to talk about Boonholzer. I got to ask Pluck or something. I saw a guy tweet out, uh, a listener uh, of the fan and big time Bucks fan. I can't remember the Twitter account, but he tweeted out a poll question and I, I had, I had tweeted it to Leroy, and I don't think Leroy either saw it or chose to ignore it. But the the question was his, and it's it, it got me thinking. Would you rather have Middleton and Boonholzer or Kidd back as coach and Damian Lillard? Would you rather have Kidd as your coach and Lillard as the player replacing Middleton, or would you rather keep Boonholzer with Chris Middleton? Because if you remember, by the time Jason Kidd was done, he also was a lightning rod. Bucks fans were done with him, wanted to move on from him. Every time Jason Kidd's name comes up for a head coaching job, like it came up for Portland, which he already said he's not interested in, but just like it came up for Portland, immediately Bucks fans are laughing and going, ha, 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 good luck with that, because that's not going to go very well if Jason Kidd ends up becoming the head coach. Uh, Plucker, would you take Kidd and Lillard or Middleton and Boonholzer if given the option? Can, are we talking right now, or are we talking next year. throughout the course of Giannis's development and career? Next year, kid back as head coach, Lillard back in a deal for Middleton. And Drew Holiday's playing with the Bucs. Right, Holiday, would... Lillard, and Giannis, essentially. So, And the reason that would still work is because Holiday could defend any two, obviously. I so would, that would not be an issue. I would say yes under the guidelines that Jason Kidd is Ty Lue. And he is hardly a coach, and the guys on the core run. <laughs> the guys on the court run the team. Then yes, sure. Uh, Lillard and Giannis, I I trust that I I oh, believe that, be that awesome. duo is is better than Middleton and yes, Giannis, and I think I you'd be crazy to think differently. Um, I would give Bud the coaching advantage over Jason Kidd. Yes, uh, and if these guys can coach themselves basically play themselves on the court on the court and kind of have Lillard command center from from on the court be a floor general then sure yeah I would take that but if, if Jason Kidd is calling the X's and O's uh we're gonna have an issue yep and it's it's funny uh to a certain degree um because when I saw it I started laughing like, oh boy this is gonna be tough for a lot of Bucks fans a lot of Bucks fans are gonna have a problem with that because so many Bucks fans just don't trust or have faith in Chris Middleton. And a lot of it obviously has to do with the amount of money that the, the Milwaukee Bucks are paying Chris Middleton. And I understand that and I get that. But I will say this. I think Chris Middleton's going to be fine, y'all. I said this on Twitter Saturday night as well. That Okay, fine. Middleton's off to a slow start. He's going to be okay. I just, I truly don't believe Chris Middleton is going to be this bad the entire series. I, I just don't believe it. I think Chris Middleton is going to have a good series for a couple of different reasons. One, he's a really good basketball player. He is. He may not be superstar, right? He may not be perennial uh, all-star necessarily if Giannis wasn't on the team. I'm not, and again, you know, we always hear this, and I say it myself, of he's not a two-time all-star if Giannis and the Bucks don't have the best record. I think that's true. I don't think he is an all-star either one of those years. If they were the three seed or the four seed and he puts up the same numbers, no chance he's an all-star. He benefited from the team record in playing with Giannis, without question. But still doesn't mean that he's not a, a, a very good basketball player. And I do think he is a very good basketball player. So part of that is he shoots the ball well. And not only does he shoot the ball well, he's got the mid-range jumper. He can expand his game out to three-point line, even though he didn't really do it in the last game. 
And offensively, he can help kind of run the offense a little bit. Haven't seen that as much, but that's something else that he is capable of doing. We've seen that uh, dating back a couple of years. So that gives you something else you can do with Chris Middleton if you want throughout this series to kind of change it up a little bit. So there's that. The other part of this is quite simple. I don't think they care about Chris Middleton defensively. I really don't. I think at the end of the day, they're just going to be like, okay, Chris, take your shots. And if Chris gets hot and gets going, then maybe in the fourth quarter, they they played a little bit differently. But I, I don't think they look at Middleton like the Bucs look at Durant or the Bucs look at Kyrie or hell, even how the Bucs looked at James Harden. I don't think they look at him with that type of respect level where they think to themselves, like, oh boy, we got to cover him or he'll kill us. I don't think that's it. Now, after the game, Kyrie played you know, played good lip service to the fact of, you know, he's a really good basketball player and Drew Holiday's really good and, and they're going to get it figured out. And I think that's all true. Do they necessarily concern you like a Durant or a Kyrie? No. But I do think Middleton is going to be okay. How much faith do you have in Chris Middleton being a lot better than he was last night for the rest of the series? How much faith do you have in him being better the rest of the series? Simple question. And guess I guess the reason I'm doing this is for myself to a certain degree because I want to see how many people are willing to be positive about Chris Middleton. I really am. I just don't believe he's this bad the whole series. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us uh, at 1250 uh, AM, the fam. Uh, and not only that, you you look at Chris Middleton and you start getting into Chris Middleton numbers. Now, if you were to tell me, oh, hey, look, uh, Bryn Forbes, uh, you know, Angie Bill hit the broad side of the barn in this series, I'd say chances are probably pretty good that he may not hit the broad side of the barn. Chances are probably pretty good that he does go so cold because we have a history of him. We have a history of throughout the course of the year of Forbes being red hot to ice cold, red hot to ice cold. So if he goes cold, we've seen that game before. We know how this works. Now, having said that, we've also seen Chris Middleton throughout stretches of uh, the regular season go cold as well. And Chris Middleton has flat out said that that's something he's battled throughout his career, where essentially just gets, I don't know if you call it dead legs, tired, however you want to look at it. But that's kind of what happens to him throughout the course of a season where he gets into that funk. But at the same time, when he catches fire, he can carry enough for a little while. With Giannis or without Giannis, he can get that type of unconscious. If you look at Chris Middleton in this matchup in this series, uh, against the Brooklyn Nets, and then you go back and look at that series against the Miami Heat. He had 27, 17, 22, and 20. In none of those games did you look at it and go, boy, oh boy, he kind of carried them there. Right? I mean, you didn't look at it and go, boy, couldn't have done that without Chris Middleton. I think in this series, Middleton may win one or two games for this Bucks team, if they're going to win win a couple of games in this series, it's going to be on Middleton. Whether it's Middleton hitting a clutch shot at the end, which I guess we did see, but if it's Middleton hitting a clutch shot at the end, if it's Middleton throwing up like thirty five or forty in a game and just getting unconscious and carrying this Bucks team, I think you're going to see Middleton play a bigger role than you possibly could imagine in this series at the end of the day. 
Because I think they realize and he realizes if he plays like this, they got no chance of winning this series. Absolutely none. How much faith do you have in Middleton playing better the rest of this series? 414-799-1250. Troy, Northside, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's up? Man, what's going on, Sparky? You tell me, man. How much faith you got in Middleton turning this around? I man, Sparky, I agree with you 100%. I, I, I don't think there's no chance in the world we win a series of him averaging 13 points. I don't, I don't think he's going to play that bad again. But like you said, when he's really, really aggressive, it seems like the Bucks are a totally different team. And he must, he must shoot the ball 20 to 25 times a game. And that comes up to Budenholzer as a coach to get Middleton's face, say, man, you have to shoot the ball. He almost got to be played unselfish in a way. Uh, okay, but do you get concerned he can be too unselfish? No, because it's like he's, he's it's like he's turned he's turning down shots. The other game I was watching, I was so pissed. I was like, Middleton, it's times when he got Kyrie going, like when he's got Kyrie Irving, he should go straight to the post, back him in there, and do that patented turnaround jump shot. Agreed. Kyrie has no defense like that. To stop Agreed. I yep. Mean, and he passed that shot up about four or five times a game to, to kick it out to Lopez or, or somebody else. He's, he's got to be more unselfish, Sparky. If he does, then the Bucks can go a long way. If he doesn't, then the Bucks are just going to be I mean, a, waste, a waste of talent because Drew Holiday, he shot the ball. Uh, he didn't shoot the ball well, but he was aggressive, and he was a factor in the game. And for Middleton to be a factor, he's an offensive player. He's not a defensive player or a guy that's going to – Set your teammates too much. He is a, a scorer. We need him to score in a half court offense. And when he does that, the Bucks look like a championship caliber team. Agreed. Right. And, and that's Thanks. the other thing, too. When you look at this, Troy, do you think they've posted enough with their guards in general? I mean, you brought up Middleton, but same with Drew Holiday. Yes. Yes, I agree with you. Drew's got to post up, too. Because to me, Kyrie Irving is a weak link on the defense. Agreed. Man, especially on the block. Yep. They gotta take advantage of that. Man. Yep, I totally agree with you. Troy, thanks for the call. And I again, that's one of those things where, you know, you you talk about feeding the ball into Brooke Lopez and letting him work, and that's fine. But you do have advantage where you can post up with a holiday or with a Middleton and take advantage of, like Troy said, that Kyrie Irving mismatch. You do. You you can have that if you want it. But is that something Budenholzer wants within his offense? And what is that something he wants? His offense to be, and I, I don't honestly, I don't know. I mean, it's not something that they do a ton of posting up guards. That's just not something that Boonholzer has preached time in and time out. So from that aspect, if they were to do something like that, th- that may throw Brooklyn for a little bit of a loop. They may not know what to do with it because then you're going to have to defend it. Because as Troy pointed out, look, Middleton post him up, take that shot all day long if he wants to. So. Whether or not that's something, now that's something I didn't thought about, but that's something that could work, that they could really attack from that perspective. Now, whether or not they're willing to do it, I don't know, but that would definitely get Middleton going. That would build the confidence uh, and get him in a good place. Do you think Middleton plays better the rest of the series? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM, the fan. Welcome back. It is Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, the fan. You never thought about being a successful transporter of expedited freight? No? Well, let me tell you all about it. You go from point A to point B. Pick stuff up, drop stuff off. Now's your time to start a new career. And let me breathe it over your shoulder, nothing like that. Just turn off the radio to the fan. And all you have to do 
is drive, baby, drive and get paid for it too. Why Young Express? Well, they have a 24-7 dispatch team. Extremely dedicated. Take it very personal. Keep drivers moving. Because if you're not moving, you're not making any money. With minimal investment in your own vehicle, Young Express will provide you all the training necessary for you to become a successful transporter of expedited freight. 99% no-touch freight. The freight is loaded and offloaded for, offloaded for you. So all you have to worry about is driving, which is a big deal, right? That way you don't got to worry about breaking your back. Looking for full-time independent contractors are the guys over at Young Express. Join the Young Express team today. You can find them at youngexpress.com. That's J-U-N-G express.com. Young Express success drives them. Uh, Asking you how much better do you think Chris Middleton's going to be? Do you have faith that he's going to be better as this series goes on? Or are you concerned that the Chris Middleton we saw in game one is the Chris Middleton we're going to see the rest of this series? 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan Mike in Germantown. You're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's going on, Mike? Thanks as always for taking the call. Sure. Hey, uh, I, I, I told the screener, I looked at the box score and just a couple things stood out. The, the books really were in that game all the way. They beat them on the boards by 11 or 12. Uh, they were kind of even in a stiff. The shooting percentages were pretty even except for the three ball. And six for 30 ain't going to cut it. But I'll tell you with Chris Middleton, he's bounced back from a lot of bad games uh, this year to the next game. He's bounced back. I'm thinking he's going to do it. He needs to shoot a couple, two, three uh, more threes for us. The other guy is, is uh, believe it or not, is Forbes. I think that guy's been a key guy, and he yeah. had two points that last game. Yep. He's got to score a few more. We're going to win this game. I really do think we're going to win the game. Going into the series, we talked about X-Factors, and the X-Factors for me were Joe Harris for the Nets and Bryn Forbes for the Bucks. And yeah. shooting the three, Joe Harris did his job and Forbes didn't. And that is kind of where you look at going into the game tonight. you got to shoot the three better overall as a team. Middleton must play better. And Forbes individually must be some type of um, – three-point shot maker at some point in this game. Absolutely. I agree with you wholeheartedly, but go Bucks. We're go Bucks. These guys tonight. I'm with you, Mike. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's really what it kind of comes down to for tonight. And again, that game tips tonight at 6.30. We'll be talking about it all day tomorrow with the Bart Winkler show from 6 until 10, Wendy's Big Show 10 until 2. I'm sure we'll get into more of it on the Madness tomorrow from 2 to 3, and then Rami will have his thoughts tomorrow. I would assume Rami comes in here today. I've not talked to Rami about the Bucks all weekend. But I would assume Rami comes in here today at 3 o'clock, and we'll talk about the Bucks will win this game tonight, uh, and that will be his prediction. I just realized I never made a prediction, uh, did we, uh, on the uh, at the end of the big show. Dan Plucker did not make his uh, prediction either. All right, Pluckers. So let's let's officially make our prediction, even though they didn't hear it on the uh, statewide radio network. At least then we can tell Gary and Leroy if we were right or not. That's true. All it's right, now documented. So Bucks Nets game two tonight. Who do you got? Uh, I'm gonna take the Bucks. Oh man, I think the Bucks win by double digits tonight, and uh, they shoot the ball a heck of a lot better from three. And Chris Middleton has one of his best playoff performances to date. So you took the Bucks, Gary took the Bucks, and Leroy took the Bucks. So what do I do here? I mean, if I take the Bucks and I jinx them, I'm gonna feel horrible. Like literally, that this whole jinx thing is is, is happening again. It is. I, I dropped uh Jesus Aguilar on like May 29th. Look at Aguilar for the last week or two leading up to May 29th, Jesus Aguilar. 
And then look at Jesus Aguilar's numbers since I dropped him in fantasy baseball. All of a sudden, he's hitting home runs again, and Aguilar's back back to hitting the ball again. I'm telling you, I jinx everything. But either way, I'm going to go with Plucker, with Gary, with Leroy. Uh Uh-oh. And say that they're going to win. I'll go with Plucker and say they're going to win by double digits. I'll go with Plucker and say Middleton has a good game. And what other prediction do I want to go with? Uh, And I'll also say uh, that P.J. Tucker uh, hits a couple corner threes in this game uh, as well and gets going a little bit. Everybody that kind of poo-pooed P.J. Tucker at the end of the regular season, and I get it, right? He wasn't healthy. He didn't look all that great at the end of the regular season and so forth. There is still a lot to like about P.J. Tucker in this in this series. There really is. He's going to bring that physical aspect. He's going to be able to man up and de Kevin Durant, maybe get into KD's head a little bit. You saw Tucker running his mouth at KD throughout that game um, and doing his thing. He had a block on, on, on KD, and KD was none too happy about it. That That's the type of stuff that I think this team needs. That's the type of stuff... Stuff that he can provide, that Bobby Portis provides, that this team really didn't have the last couple of years with Giannis. They didn't have that guy that, I don't want to say, would punk another player or uh, be an intimidator or anything of that sort. But that that's kind of what we're talking about to a certain degree, right? A guy that can get into an opposing player's head uh, and really have that type of deal uh, affect them when they're on the floor. And P.J. Tucker and Bobby Portis can be those type of dudes. Uh, Olay uh, tweets at 12.50 a.m. The fan says, I have a lot of faith. Uh, Middleton just got his bad game out of the way. He will assist, he will rebound, and he will score. Book it. That's from Olay tweeting at uh, 12.50 a.m. The fan and at Sparky Radio. Joe tweets at 12.50 a.m. The fan and at Sparky Radio says, Don't roll. Players typically thrive on their own home court. Forbes, yes. I can't call Middleton a role player. I mean, we can't, you know, I'd be like, again, I, I don't want to compare Milton to Hall of Famer, but that would be like comparing Scotty, calling Scotty Pippen a role player or Kobe Bryant a role player when he was with Shaq. The, again, these are Hall of Famers. Milton is not. But when you're that second best player on the team and you're counted on to score points, you can't call that player a role player necessarily. Like, I, I no. Forbes, yes. Uh, Middleton, no. Uh, Got another one here. Uh, says he gives me anxiety. He makes me drink more. Uh, talking about Chris Middleton, yeah, could be uh, nights when he's not playing better. Fine, I can get John with you on that. Our buddy Santo, who's been listening to this station since we started in 2005, he tweets in at 12:50 a.m. The fan Mitz is a rhythm shooter, so the week off is terrible for him. He'll be better tonight. I have faith he'll do his 20 points a night going forward. The issue is he might have to do 25 for the Bucs to win this series. I think Milton's capable of getting 25. Again, I just don't think they're going to care enough about him to setting double teams and doing anything like that. Like he He's going to get open shots. He's going to be able to get the shots he wants. He just has to hit them. So could he average 25 the rest of the way? I think he's more than capable. This isn't an overly physical, aggressive defense. 
Again, Blake Griffin was far more physical than I thought anybody would be. The defense is better than we saw uh, any of the times we played the Nets during the regular season. They played better for sure than the Nets did. Um, and I, I would assume that same level of intensity we saw in Game 1, we'll see in Game 2, because they're going to have that fans and that crowd behind them. Uh, Kanan tweets at Sparky Radio, Coach Bud and Middleton are regular season successes. Playoff version is less than what we should expect for our team. Need to pick it up. I agree that there are some coaches that are great in the regular season and maybe not as great in the postseason. First one comes to mind, Marty Schottenheimer in the NFL, right? Could get you the AFC championship, couldn't get you over the hump. Uh, Doug Collins in the NBA, another guy. Uh, very good regular season coach. Uh, problems once they got to the postseason. Just couldn't figure out how to kind of get it over the hump necessarily at the end of the day. Uh, George Carl, great regular season coach. Could never get his team over the hump. Now, again, he was dealing with Jordan back in the day, but either way, uh, still couldn't figure it out necessarily in order how to get it over the top. Uh, Rick Adelman, uh, that's another guy that I think was a, a really, really good regular season coach. Hell, just look on Brooklyn's bench. Mike D'Antoni, great regular season coach, won a lot of basketball games in the regular season. Postseason, his style never worked, could never get over the hump. And that's the thing with Boonholzer right now, guys, is this whole thing of, you know, is he gone, is he not gone if they don't win this series? I'll be honest with you. I I don't think he's back regardless. I I really don't. I I don't. I'm not convinced that dude is back no matter what happens in this series. Short of winning an NBA championship, I'm not convinced he's back. I'm not. If they lose this series, I can all but guarantee you he's gone. If they win this series and then lose to Philly, I think he's gone. If they win this series, win Philly, and then get swept, let's say, in the finals or something goofy, I think he may be gone. Like, I I just, I'm not convinced that Mark Lazary is you know, trying every which way but loose to keep Coach Budenholzer. Like, he's not trying to find the excuse to give himself a way out to have Budenholzer back next year. I don't think that's it. I think he has somebody in mind probably already that he'd like to have. And he's going to have that guy unless Budenholzer pretty much makes it impossible to get rid of him by winning an NBA final. That, that's where I'm kind of at in my thinking. No inside knowledge, nothing of the sort. Just kind of having a, a, a feel of, of what we're dealing with here. I think that's more than likely what this is. Who is his guy? I have no idea. Or maybe he's got two or three guys that he'd like to talk to that he has in mind for the gig. Don't know. But losing this series is going to be the end of Mike Budenholzer, I would think. For sure. Even if the Nets go on sweep Philly or Atlanta or whoever they get, and then go and sweep a finals and win the thing, still not going to matter. It's just it's just not going to matter at the end of the day because if he has a guy that he wants, he's going to get the guy that he wants. And he's the owner. So that's up to him to do. And as far as John Horse goes, I don't know how safe he is either. Couldn't tell you. Don't know if he's safe either. So we all talk about Boonholzer, but I'm not convinced John Horse uh, is safe in his current GM situation either if they lose this series uh, to the Brooklyn Nets. All right, coming up next, Keith Tozer, our our friend here on Sparky's Midday. Mattis, always enjoy talking some soccer with him. Uh, And I I am really entertained because the last time we talked to him was about this supposed Super League that was being formed uh, that has since self-destructed. Now, 
uh, we got to get him on talking about his new gig as commissioner uh, of the soccer league the Milwaukee Wave are involved in, and talk about a huge USA win over Mexico last night. Uh, couldn't do it on the big show, but we're going to do it next right here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Welcome in, Sparky's Midday Madness. 25 minutes from the guy that you can't wait to hear his Bucks take today at 3 o'clock, Rami Makhlouf. Tell you his thoughts on Bucks and Nets uh, in Game 1. And then I'm sure he'll give you his thoughts on Bucks and Nets in Game 2. I'm guessing it won't be much different than everybody else. Bart Winkler uh, this morning listening to his show, he was uh, very negative uh, about what he saw from the Bucks, very discouraged by what he saw from the Bucks. Uh, and wasn't all that sold. Then in a weird turn of events on the Bart Winkler show, uh, we had Bart Winkler by the end change his mind and pick the Bucks. And I'm not quite sure how that happened necessarily, uh, but it happened. And he himself couldn't believe it happened. It happened in like... um. I don't know what time it was, uh, like 9.25 or something like that uh, is when he changed his mind. And he literally did it on the air. It wasn't like, I'll give you my prediction up next on the Barn Winkler show. No, he literally was talking himself into believing that they could actually win. So Bart picked the Bucks to win tonight. Uh, Gary and Leroy were on board from the jump uh, as far as picking the Bucks to beat the Nets. Dan Plucker earlier in the show picked the Bucs to beat the Nets. I picked the Bucs to beat the Nets. And I would assume Robbie McLaughlin will certainly pick uh, the Milwaukee Bucks to beat the Brooklyn Nets tonight. If they don't beat the Nets tonight, I'm telling you right now, I can but guarantee you the words that will come out of my mouth is it's over. If they're down two games to zero with Harden possibly coming back in games three or four and then having to win four of five against three Hall of Famers, no, it's done. They have to win tonight. It is a must-win tonight. Joining us now, he is the new commissioner uh, of the MASL. Of course, you remember you know the MASL from the Milwaukee Wave playing uh, in the Major Arena Soccer League. Keith Tozer joins us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Coach, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Sparky, it's always great to be on. How you doing? Well, tell me, how did this all come about? I mean, don't you have enough going on running the futsal? Now you got to run this too. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of seems that way, but they went on a national search a couple months ago, and their their job description and responsibilities was, was huge. And Chet Messing, who used to play for the Cosmos, who I played against when he played for the New York Arrows, and JP, who does uh, all the national team games for U.S. soccer with Fox and also Major League Soccer, we're all friends, and we said, wouldn't it be interesting if we all throw our our names in the hat together to to help lead uh, indoor soccer, and that's what we did, and that's what we got. So, how does it work then? How how does this all get divided up as far as duties and responsibility? Who's in charge of what? That's a great question. Well, since JP has, I think he's the only uh, TV announcer have done all the five major Fox, ESPN, ABC, CBS. Um, he's going to be ahead of. Uh, everything TV. So he's president of of uh, TV and, and communications, sure. social media, websites, announcers, everything to do with that, which is really an important job, as you know. 
Shep is more on the expansion and sponsorship part, and I'm more on the soccer side. Oh, nice. So you get the meat and potatoes of things. You don't got to worry about all that other stuff. That that's that yeah. sounds like the best job of the three, to be honest with you. Well, good. Congratulations. That's awesome. And you're still going to do your futsal stuff. And 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 still can do everything else. And and as you know, I love indoor soccer. I've always loved indoor soccer. Well, that's because you uh, won. Well, yeah, and you know the wave won their sevens without me, so it's great. But I, I I've always loved the city of Milwaukee, the state of Wisconsin, all the sports here. I I loved indoor. I mean, Chef and I, and I grew up in New York, and any kid that's in sports in New York, especially like in hockey and basketball, always dreamt of playing at Madison Square Garden. Well, we played in front of 12,000 people at Madison Square Garden. It was my team, Hartford Hellions versus New York Arrows. Uh, It was a wonderful time. Played at the Checker Dome in St. Louis in front of 18,500. I coached for the the Bus family who owns the Lakers. Uh, for three years. At one time, indoor soccer was actually bigger than the NBA, late 70s, early 80s. And you had like the Bartolos who had the 49ers and the Penguins uh, owned teams. You had, like I just said, um, the, the Bus family owning them. We want to get to that level. I mean, we got level like, you know, Mike Zimmerman's fantastic owner of Milwaukee, guy in uh, Phil in, in San Diego, laying up in Tacoma. So they've done a great job the last five or six years. And we're here just to, to see if we can get it to the next level. That's good stuff. Time with Keith Tozer, new commissioner of the MASL. Uh, all right, so I, I got you. I to congratulate you on that and, and talk yep. about that. But, hey, man, we got to talk about last night. I, 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 I'm telling you, that was one of the more entertaining sporting events you're going to see on TV. And, you know, I don't care if you're a soccer fan or not. That had everything you could possibly want. You had unruly fans throwing crap onto the field, knocking players in the head and everything else from both teams. Uh, the, the the U.S. team, uh, before Reina got hit in the head. Uh, and then uh, on the other side, the Mexico team, one of their players got hit in the head uh, as well. You had instant replay come in full-fledged that resulted in two penalty kicks that were really the story of the game, and so many, you know, core diehard guys don't like that 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 replay. But that that was a huge factor in the, in in that whole thing last night. There are so many storylines, so in, many in, in the game last night. Yes. I mean, first of all, fantastic uh, for for winning the game in the championship, yes. especially coming off of not qualifying. I mean, that 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 goal. Well, let's go back to the crowd. I mean, you're playing in Denver. And if someone just turned it on, you would think maybe that the game was in Mexico, right? Because there are so many Mexican fans uh, that live in our country. But then the U.S. fans, I mean, they started outdrowning them, especially when we went ahead. But to have this big game and the U.S. go uh, down 1-0 in 70 seconds, I mean, kudos to the U.S. for, for, the US for coming back in time. And then for the, for the offside call, Yes. Right, that we thought we were done. That was a huge. Huge, uh, because then you came back and scored right away off of the reversal. And, yeah. And, you know, McKinney, I mean, great in the air, uh, physically big and strong. Uh, that, that, was, that was crucial. Uh, obviously, I thought Polistic had a really good game. You know, Claudia Reyna's son scoring that first goal was important. Uh, then you had another storyline of, of uh, Horvath coming in. That's the, right? that's in a very, yep. in a bit, very difficult situation. You know, that one goal where they let, you know, they, they come inside and scored the near post, but he'd made some huge saves after that. And actually it's funny because Horvath's father played for the Denver avalanche. 
in major indoor soccer league. Really? And Christian, and Christian Pulisic's father played for Harrisburg and coached Detroit in the <laughs> major indoor soccer league. Really? So there's two guys who had big prominent, you know, things to do in that game that, that actually came from fathers who came from indoor. So there, 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 there are so many great things. And another thing, Sparky, I, I thought how we pressured Mexico. And by the way, Mexico is not an easy team to pressure. Very tactically uh, smart. But not the most strong. athletic either, though. Oh, no. No. Come on. Mexican players are really athletic, quick, agile, tough. I mean, give, give a lot of credit. And if you look at our team, we're young. We're yes. Quick, we're big. We're fast. Yes. You're right. I That was a really – that was one of the best games I've seen U.S. soccer play in, in, in some time. And, and I thought it was great for the confidence and for the program. So a, a couple of things here. Let, let, let's go back to the goalie, right? So yep. Seven gets hurt. Uh, he goes out and had to be helped off the field, hurt his knee. So in, yep. comes, uh, in, in comes Horvath, as you said, and he comes to the game. I'm looking. I'm like, all right, tall drink of water. All right, cool. Let's see what he can do. And right off the bat, I mean, he makes a couple of saves, and you're like, hey, this dude's legit. And then you get the penalty kick at the end, and yeah. th- you couldn't put that kid in a more pressure-packed situation. It's you versus the the player from Mexico, and you've got to stop this ball. And I had pretty much written it off, like, okay, well, this dude's going to score, and then it's probably going to be a shootout or something, and then see what happens from there. He makes that save, and then after, you know, he's just crying because I, I think the emotions of the whole situation overtook him. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've seen a, a lot of Horvath in my life because I definitely haven't. I've seen a lot of Stefan because I watch all the U.S. men and women's soccer matches I can find on TV. Um, but he he appeared to be to be more impressive than what I've seen from Stefan the times I've seen him play. Well, he's definitely a good, good goalkeeper. There's no question about it. And his mental strength, that's, I mean, to come in as a goalkeeper, you know, come in as a defender and a midfielder or whatever, you know, there's pressure for you. Um, but to come in as a goalkeeper and then have to, to, to face a, a PK uh, and then help your team win. I mean, I mean that, that was just a storyline. So many come. I mean, look at the substitutions with Mexico. I mean, the guy that, that went ahead uh, was one of the subs late in the game. I mean, that's what substitutions are. Right. But for a goalkeeper, that's the toughest. And, and great job by Horvath. You know, the other thing, too, is in Bart Winkler, who does the morning show here, he's a soccer guy, too, and he, he hasn't been as much into it necessarily throughout this whole thing because he's frustrated by, you know, how bad the U.S. men's team has been or whatever. And, and I've just been like, man, they are coming. I'm telling you, and I, I don't know what's going to happen here, but you've got just a bunch of young dudes that can flat out play right now. I mean, we, we brought up Pulisic and fine. Uh, but then you talk about Wesley McKinney, and, and that's the other part where they were getting them. Those corner kick sets that they were running, uh, Keith, they were they had the advantage in those situations. They didn't have much of an answer for those. No, they didn't. And it was funny because Reyna would take them from one side, obviously, and right. then, uh, Flistic would take them from the other. I, I thought all, all their services were great. I think they put them where they needed to put them. Uh, McKinney, you know, a couple times much higher. Uh, getting up in the air, uh, you know, Sergeant, Kenny, Reyna, Death, Holistic. I mean, they they got some some really good yes. players. So yes, they do. And the other thing, and again, we talk about all the storylines from the U.S. win over Mexico three two last night. Talking with Keith Tozer, 
uh, the new commissioner of the MASL, the indoor soccer league that the Milwaukee Wave are in, of course, won numerous championships with the Milwaukee Wave. Is this the physicality of the game? Like, they were not going to allow Mexico to push them around and kind of punk them. I mean, they were there shelf for shelf, push for push. It's skirmish after skirmish that happened in that game, especially towards the end. The U.S. was not going to back down. Well, you know, I, I said it before. Normally, we would drop off yep. to maybe half field and let Mexico come. We went after them. And college basketball, high pressure. We had the physicality to match them. Then, when the skirmishes came, our guys were our guys are big. It's I mean. You got a guy six three, six four, and he doesn't like you. I mean, that's much different than someone who's five seven. That's right. Um, and, and, and I, I think their attitude, I, I, I think their strength, the physicality, the really, I think Burkholder did a great job in coaching this game. And some people said after you know not qualifying or whatever, you know, is there a change? But I, I think all around, this is great for the program, and I'm really, really happy about the age of the program. I mean, we're young, we're quick, we're fast, and now we're confident. Uh, the two other two players that were driving me nuts. McKenzie was driving me nuts um, consistently throughout that entire thing. And Reem, to me, seems too slow, personally. I mean, like, if anybody gets him matched up one-on-one, I, he just does not have the feet to move to stay in front of anybody. Well, they didn't have their best game. But I think the people around them had their best game. And isn't that how teams win championships? Sure. I mean, obviously, when you have all your players playing at that level where maybe they haven't played before, then you have great games. Uh, and, and, and I think, you know, Yedlin and Acosta, Sargent, Kenny, Reina, I thought Polistic captained the team great, and I thought he played really well. And I think that's what great teams do, that some players can have off nights or not as good nights and the players around you come in and, and do the job. One last one. How much better do you think this U.S. soccer program is because of where the MLS is now? Well, I mean, you, you got to look at MLS because you what you're doing is you're giving young players the ability to be coached and also to have games of high competition every week. I mean, that's, that's the key. I mean, years ago... You know, most players that came up in America before MLS had to go to Europe or South America or in play, but they need at the highest level. I mean, Pulisic playing at Chelsea is one thing. I mean, that's fantastic. Look, look at that. that. That guy just came from two championships. Well, they said they told the story uh, during the broadcast at Burralter this week said, all right, how many of you been in a final and won it? And seven players raised their hand and said that they had, and that is because of how many guys you've got playing uh, in different uh, areas of the world. Yeah, isn't that fantastic? Yeah. I mean, and that, that is what's going to help the young guys. I, I, speaking of multiple championships, I don't know if you remember Kenny Morrow. Uh, I forget where he went to college, but he, he got out of college and he won the Olympic gold medal in, in hockey, and then he won the Stanley Cup. Oh, and he won an NCAA championship. Wow. Right, Three, three in one year. So Plistics had a pretty good week, I would say. Yeah, no question. McKenney's had a good year, too. I mean, what he's been able to do with Juventus uh, has been remarkable uh, as well. They've got just a great young core. I'm telling you, if y'all aren't on the U.S. men's soccer team bandwagon yet, y'all better get there because this team is going to be good as they continue to get older and play together. Jim Rana, he's 18, for God's sakes. 18 years old. I mean, come on. 
I got socks that are 18 years old. Yeah, so, I, I, I mean, might. I might too. I might as well. They got holes in them, but I might have eighteen-year-old socks. To have an eighteen-year-old scored in a championship game like that, yes. I mean, you saw it on TV with mom and dad. His dad was a little subdued. His mom was jumping up and down, right? Um, but it's great. And you know what? It's to have guys that starred for your country, like Claudio did, to have his son then yep. come up and do the same thing. Yep. I mean. That's got to be pretty cool for a father. I was saying the same thing last night watching that game. Hey, uh, thanks so much for coming on, Coach. Uh, I'm sure you'll have tremendous success, uh, you and your partners, uh, in running the MASL going forward. Of course, always fun to go to Milwaukee Wave games as well. Thanks so much for coming on, buddy. I appreciate it. Always a great pleasure, Sparky. There he is. Keith Tozer joining us uh, on the Great Midwest Bank hotline of applying for a home renovation loan. As you're feeling anxious, just breathe. Let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. I'm so glad we did that because I've wanted to talk about that soccer match since the game ended last night uh, and had nobody really to talk with it about. And now I finally got to. So that was fun. Coming up next, Rami Makhlouf. He will not be talking about the U.S.-Mexico soccer match coming up from 3-6, to but we will find out what he's talking about coming up next here on The Fan. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness. Rami Makhlouf coming up next. Just found out that he got kicked out of a country bar, but he had nothing to do with it. I had nothing to do with it. How's that? How did you get kicked out if you had nothing to do with it? I was with a group of friends. And they had something to do with it? And uh, one of my friend's girlfriends didn't want to wait for the long line in the at the women's room, so she just went ahead and used the men's room. And, That'll uh, get you kicked out. got us all kicked out, yeah. That's brilliant. Okay. I would never do anything like that. I represent 1250 AM The Fan when I'm out there. I trust out you. Out and about sparking. There have been others that have worked well. here I didn't trust at all. <laughs> be honest with you. But yeah, I found myself in a always country wondered, bar. Always wondered if that person would show back up for work on Monday when they left on Friday. And you know you know how I feel about country music. I have a, a I do. phobia of it. Which just uh, proves it's all crap. No, it's not, dude. Yes, it is. It's get a few drinks in me. Mm. It's uh, put a few of my friends and some scantily clad women on a mechanical bull, and, You're I, don't good. Even, and I don't even hear the music. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have fun? It was, it was fun. It was a really good time. Did dude. you do the mechanical bull? No, I didn't do them. Look at me. I'm not getting I've on done a mechanical, a mechanical bull. bull. No, absolutely not. No. I have much younger friends that can go out and do stuff like that and embarrass themselves and just let me enjoy it. I'm way too old for any for any mechanical bull. You don't even bulls. have kids and you're using the I'm too old stuff. <laughs> I'm way too old for a mechanical <sighs> bull, dude. All right. Well, thanks I'm for filling 41 in. 41 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good I feel like thanks for filling in for me on the madness. I appreciate it. It was fun. Uh, it was well, fun. And I, and I, by the way, you, you at, per your order, yeah. Kept it the madness. Yes. And I made it very clear both days that that hour was the madness and not the Rami. I told every guest we had. Definitely does not want to be on two to six. I told everybody. Yes. I let yes. everybody know this yes. is Sparky's Midday it's Madness good. and not the Rami well, show. I, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Very good. Now, the Rami show is uh, coming up here in a couple of minutes. What do you have? Uh, coming up today, Lori Nickel, columnist for uh, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. She's going to join me at 3.30. Tim Allen with his weekly Monday hit at 4.30. And uh, before and in between all that, I got thoughts on game one, Spark. What? What is Coach Bud doing? What? I thought you liked Coach Bud. I do like Coach Bud. I don't think you do. I do. No, you're a hater. I did. If you criticize Budenholzer, you're a I hater. I never said that. You're a hater. I never said that. No, I that's never what I said hear. that. That's what I hear on my show. I thought we. I thought we fit. I thought we fixed this minutes thing. I, oh, I, I it's didn't... not a big deal. It's a huge deal. No, it is a huge deal. Gary Ellerson this today a bunch on the of show nonsense, said. Dude. Gary Ellerson you on the do big not show today. Have your best players on the bench in a playoff G- series. Gary said today on the big show. 
five minutes wouldn't have mattered. They still would have lost for Giannis. Leroy said those minutes are only down because it was a blowout and they weren't playing. No, no, no. No, 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 They maybe get two more minutes if it's not a blowout. No, no. That There's no excuse for what we saw Saturday night. There's absolutely – and if he's going to keep that up and you lose – Sparky, I've said before – Losing to the Nets isn't an automatic firing it's in my be. book. Well, maybe for, not your book. But I'm, it's sa- I'm be. saying if I, if I was in the big chair, right? Losing to the Nets is not an automatic firing for Coach Bud. If it's me, I I have to look and analyze and assess and see how they lost. Right. If they lost because this guy's playing his best players 35, 36 minutes a game, that's it, dude. Do you that's many, it. I'm done. Do you I'm many, out. Do you know many times that Giannis has played uh, 40 minutes or more? Do I want to hear this number? While Budenholzer was his coach. In a playoff game, mm-hmm. once, twice. There's no excuse for that. There's no excuse for that, man. There's zero excuse for that. So I got thought. I don't. I don't even have enough time for everything that I got thoughts on today. And I want to hear from the people at four one four seven. You talk about Middleton. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff from game one. Look ahead to game two. Is it a must win? I think it might be at four o'clock. Might before, be. before we bring Tim Allen on, Sparky, do you? Re- do you How re- is this a might be? I mean, it's not over, over. Do you think they can win four of five against the Nets? Because that's what you're saying they have to do Probably if you not. don't think it's a must-win tonight. Probably not. Um, do you know what the Brewers' record is since the Willie Adamas trade? Oh, it's really good. 12-3. and three. Yeah. Is this do, the Willie you, effect? Do you do, think it's the Willie effect? No. Do you know what the effect is? Is this them getting jiggy with it? Mm-mm. No? Big Willie style? No, this is Rob Manford yeah. effect. You're welcome. Say that again. Yeah, say, say it with me. Rob Manford, thank you. Say, 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 say it with me. You know uh, I'm not going to say, say that. Say, say, say. We can Rob sit here till Manfred. 6 o'clock, and you know I'm not going to say Rob that. Manfred. If you got, if you Rob, got three hours hey, to kill, Rob Manfred, we can sit here. You. So go ahead and, and say it. No. no. The, because this is why your team is hitting in Chicago, and this is why the Brewers all of a sudden are hitting home runs. Why? Because in the last week, finally, they've decided to crack down on everybody cheating with a baseball and throwing the baseball as pitchers. And since are this they is cracking down? Yes. They said and they're going to. No, I don't they, think they have been. Now, now, there might be some pitchers who are who have stopped doing it because listen they know the crackdown is listen, coming. Listen but I haven't me. seen any indication of a crackdown. Who's been who's and, been and suspended and, or punished? And, oh no 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 no! They're they're letting everybody know first. They can't yeah, punish that's what I'm somebody before they do something. So now all of a sudden, Garrett Cole's spin rates are like a third of so what they were. Yeah, right. Corbin Burns' spin rates down. Josh Hader's spin rate is down. All these guys' spin rates are down. And all of a sudden now, who's hitting home runs? Baseball. That's who's hitting home runs. Cubs on Monday, last Monday, I go to the game, they had like five home runs. I mean, this, well, the Brewers all of a sudden look like they got an wrong. off. Hey, I'm, Brewers all of a sudden look like they got an offense now. Yelich is even starting to hit now. I mean, Yelich is even hey, starting to hit. Like that's an impo- like that was an impossibility. He was like he, he was like he, he, he was, we he knew was he was going to start hitting again. I'm not saying you're wrong, but a lot of this stuff was also going to happen. Offense goes up when the weather warms up. Mm. Christian Yelich was going yeah, to heat up. Okay, all right. I'm sure, I'm just sure. You, we can go with this. I'm just telling you, coincidentally now, all of a sudden we start focusing on this crap being put on baseballs, and now all did, of a sudden baseball on offense starts climbing did you read the thing, up. Did you read the thing about spider tech at the Athletic this weekend? No, I don't care about spider tech. Hold on a second. <laughs> uh, breaking Brewers news from Dan Plucker. What do you got, Pluck? Keston Hira on his way to AAA. Wow. Not surprising. Figured that was going to happen. He even had a hit yesterday and got an ovation from the fans in American Family Field. He got hit. He did the tiger Yay! thing. Everybody went crazy. He got out there. He did the tiger. So who did he they did call up? Thing. Huh? No corresponding move yet. It's got to be Zach Green. 
How? No. Is it not? It'll be Alec Benninger. Right <laughs> it'll be a, oh, it'll be Alec it'll Benninger. be a relief Stop! pitcher or or a or a starter or or somebody will be activated off the IL. No. It won't. It will not be Zach. Can Green. we please try a solution at first or third? I beg you. Can we please try a solution at first or third? I guess in the year, fine. We probably won't see him again the rest of the year. But you think so? He's probably done. But mm. so be it. I, I don't even care. Because, well, well, Rami, how can I think about this? I'm counsel. He's tearing up Nashville. I know, man. He's fit. I know. I know. Up I was come. just talking about this. Holy crap. Back down. Now I'm not going to be sold that you're fixed. Now it's done. Like, you're going to be down there till at least, at least middle of July at this point. And we'll check in maybe at that point before the All Star break and see how things have changed. Or they, maybe they'll trade him. I mean, if he hits well at AAA, maybe they'll Who's move him. He's going to trade for him, though. No, if he's hitting hit, well that, and some But other teams see guy, what you just said. Other teams see what you just said. Maybe, They've been up here at the majors yeah. and can't do anything and then goes back I to the – I mean, he still might – Still my guy. Still could like just him. be a four. I love, dude, I'm rooting for still Keston Hero like as a person more than, than as a, you know, rooting for the Brewers or anything like that. He just – he's a really good dude, man, I, and I want – I want I want him to figure this thing out and they, get it on track. They have to find a first and third baseman if they're going to win it, you know. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I That's don't it. disagree with you at all. And the easiest way to do it is convince Braun to come back and play first and trade for a third baseman. That's the easiest way to fix this. Why does everybody want Braun back, dude? Because I know at least he can hit his weight. So if Braun, Braun, Braun at 70 will hit his weight. Put Braun back at first. There are better options out there. Brings. I'd rather have Zach Green than Ryan Braun. I can have Zach Green at third base and Ryan Braun at first base. Mm-mm, no, I don't want anything to do with Ryan Braun. And this isn't like a personal thing. There are better options out there. I don't there, like man. the cheater, there, but it, it I, makes I, I, the I, most I, sense. This has nothing to do with the cheater stuff. Well, that's my. I just deal. think I think you have better baseball options out there. Who in your we minor just leagues? We just had John Heyman on. He goes, "There's not much out there at first and third base because the Cubs aren't moving their guys." In the minor leagues and trades, there got you can you can get somebody better than Ryan, dude. Uh, who's the guy they had last? I'm drawing a complete blank right now. He's Jay on, Jericho. Still on the market. For a reason. I'd rather have him than Ryan Braun. Oh, stop. In yeah, a heartbeat. You sound like Plucker. Right now. Plucker's like the Jed biggest Jer- Jed Jerko guy in Jed the Jer- world. I'm not that big a Jed Jerko guy, but give me Jed oh, Jerko over Ryan Plucker. Braun. Jed Jerko deserves See? to be on an MLB over team. Ryan he was Braun, one right? of the best hitters in, on the Brewers last season. How yeah. is he not on a team? And how is he not on this team right and now? Over Ryan Braun, right? Yeah, I would take him over Ryan Sam's Braun. back there shaking no. his head. You want to trade no. producers? No, I don't I, like Sam no. right now. No, I, I don't want to change your man. No, man. Maybe as a radio analyst or a TV analyst. Wait, Dan, or... what do you think about sacrifice buns? Are they stupid? No. Oh, all right, not I'll entirely. Stick with, I'll keep my producer. No, he, he's Sammy, closer to me on the baseball. Sammy, you that can part stay, of it. You can stay yeah. on the Rami show. Yeah, that's good. All right, well, <laughs> you all enjoy each other. You and Sam Schmitz coming up from three to six, that loving, harmonious relationship. You know what's really been surprising? I what's really that? have to go. Uh, the real... Surprising thing, yes. Lust is growing on you. Absolutely not. The most surprising thing in the world. Uh We found a producer for Bart Winkler that agrees with like everything Bart says. Like Mm. I am blown. Like every morning. Background check on this kid. Toby Altizer. He used to be here. I know. He's an intern. He's a good dude. You like Toby? I mean, Toby. Yeah, sounds good. Toby seems like a good dude, but the fact that he agrees with Bart on everything has me a little bit concerned. Like literally, almost ninety-five percent of the things they agree Mm. on. In general, Toby might want to. Might want to reconsider some things. I don't know. He's still young. He can I'm turn his saying, life around. I'm like I couldn't believe it. I, they, I, I still can't believe they, they agree on everything. But it's, it's a good show. I enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoy listening to Bart. Uh, Bart and Toby. I'm on the Bart Winkler show every Thursday at 9 a.m. He's on my show every Tuesday at 4 p.m. You guys really have a man crush on each other. I like I like Bart Winkler. And he really likes He's you. He's a good radio man. 
I think he makes my show better and I make his better. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 